0: Welcome to Tax and Super Australia's podcast, Tax Wrap, where we share developments, news and insights for all tax practitioners and SMSF professionals. If you like what you hear, please rate us on iTunes and share. We'd love to hear back from you, so send questions and comments, even suggestions for guest speakers to podcast at taxandsuperaustralia.com.au. Hello and welcome to the Tax Wrap Podcast. We're into episode 192. I'm your host, Steve Burnham. Now, today we're speaking to uh, Peter Holt, who is the Assistant Commissioner at the ATO, uh, Assistant Commissioner at Black Economy Program. And he's here to tell us all about what the ATO is doing about the black economy and what tax agents and their clients can expect uh, going forward. Peter, thanks for talking to us. Um, just to set the scene, I suppose, uh, with regard to the black economy, can you tell us what the ATO is looking at with regards to uh, what the black economy is?
1: Yeah, sure. Thanks, Steve. Um, look, the black economy uh, has many different names. Um, in, you know, some people call it the hidden economy, the underground economy, the shadow economy. Um, in Australia, we call it the black economy. Uh, yep. We had a report recently, uh, last year, around the black economy. Um, and the government responded to it, and the ATO has being given additional funding for the next four years yeah. to really tackle the black economy.
0: H- how big a problem is it?
1: Well, th- it's difficult to actually put a figure on it because the definition extends to things like dishonest and criminal activities, not just tax avoidance. Right. So, you know, we talk about things like um, welfare fraud, identity fraud, excise evasion, so it's really broad definition.
0: Yeah, yeah. so it's more than just the... You get a quote from a plumber and his eyebrow goes up and says, Oh, well, it can be less GST, that sort of thing.
1: Oh, that, that, that's an interesting and, and an important part of it. it and, and I'm sure we'll get to talk a little <laughs> bit more about
0: that today. Okay, okay. Um, we actually, in a preparation for a submission to government uh, late last year, sent out a member uh, survey to our members, I should say, um, and on the black economy, I should say. And that survey came back uh, revealing that our members are concerned uh, that the ATO needs to be more proactive in um, initiating and conducting audits. Can you tell me what agents' c- clients can expect
1: on this front? Yeah, look, absolutely. Um, look, what we also know is that uh, to address these black economy behaviours, and again, you know, we could talk about cash economy, it's a little bit wider than that, but, you know, for simple terms, right. we can refer to it as the cash economy for the, for the sake of uh, getting a bit more clarity around what we're talking about here. Yeah. But, um, what the ATO is doing is um, a whole range of things to tackle the black economy. Um, and increased enforcement activity is a really important part of that. Mm. But so too other other three elements. So education and prevention. Um, better use of our data and analytics. And as we know, we've got access to more data now than we've ever had before. More than it, and it's kept growing. And it keeps growing. Yeah. Um, and we can talk a bit about taxable payment reporting systems as well, where we've got data oh, cool. about contractors and subbies. Yep, and it's expanding the industries that that covers too. And that's expanding yep. um, under, the, under the change of policy that the government is also putting forward. So there's four elements to it. Increased enforcement, education and prevention, better use of data and analytics, and law changes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, so, well, sorry, we said law changes. What sort of thing are you talking about? So so things like the expansion of taxable payment reporting, oh, yeah. uh, non-deductibility of non-complying payments is an important one. That's right. Uh, government procurement. So if you're entering into government contracts over 4000000 million, you've got to have a statement of tax record.
0: So that's new. Oh, I see. Okay. All right. Uh, the, the Just getting back to that member survey, they were also keen to see that uh, uh, full in-depth audits of businesses Uh, happen and to promote the types of audits that will be conducted. Can you tell us the the target audit areas that the ATO may be looking at? Yes, absolutely. So as part
1: of the response and the increased enforcement activity, we are seriously increasing uh, the work we do around non-lodgement because non-lodgement of course means people aren't in the system. Right. We're increasing uh, our enforcement and compliance activities and a part of that are these things called mobile strike teams. Okay. And the mobile strike teams are going into areas which we consider to be hotspots. And not only are they there talking to businesses, identifying what's going on, working out whether they just need some help or whether they're seriously not doing the right thing. And when they're not doing the right thing, this will see an increase in our audit activity to address these black economy behaviours.
0: Yeah. So when you mentioned hotspots, you mean particular industries or not geographical hotspots, I assume? Geographical hotspots, because what
1: we've heard is that the lack of visibility of... Uh, ATO enforcement doesn't really um, perhaps act as a preventative measure. So not only is it important that we take action, but it's also important that the the community understands we're out there doing stuff. Right, yeah. So what we've got are these mobile strike teams where staff are going into areas meeting with businesses, talking to businesses, but also undertaking some audit activity while they're in those areas. So they're hot spots.
0: So, so the strike team, or sorry, how did you put it? The mobile strike team. Mobile teams. strike team actually go into a certain area, say the shopping centre at Mosman or whatever. yes. And patrol the – you know, walk around the shopping centre and have a have a talk to shopkeepers. Talk to the shopkeepers, center. absolutely. Really? Yeah. Okay, that's interesting.
1: So we give them a heads up that we're coming, yeah. which means really interesting because you can imagine some of them disappear for the day. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, we often <laughs> come back to them. Yeah. That is a red flag, and that often says maybe you might want to do an audit here. Right, right. Um, but we've got a couple of risk indicators. So things like – them not lodging their returns, whether it be activity statements or income tax returns. Yeah. So we have a look at that and that starts to show up a bit of a, a hot spot on a map where okay. you've got a number of businesses not lodging their returns. They might not be registered for GST. Now not all businesses need to be registered for GST under a certain threshold. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But you question, well, are they under the set threshold or should they be registered for GST? Mm. Um, How are they operating their business if they aren't um, paying pay-as-you-go withholding? Have they got any employees? Not all businesses have employees, clearly, but some businesses have got employees. Why are they not paying pay-as-you-go withholding? Why are they not paying them super? So is there some underground economy? Is there some black economy? Is there some worker exploitation going on? So it's good to walk in. It's good to have a look around, see what's going
0: on. Yeah, I suppose when you actually physically on the ground, you do see those possible red flags, uh, etc. But also, um, I was reading the other day, or reminding myself the other day, about the ATO's um, living expenses um, standards. Yes. The threshold of the yes. Does that come into
1: the It the does. So not only have we got unexplained wealth models that mm-hmm. tries to identify, well, what should you ordinarily be earning to be able to live the lifestyle you're living. Yeah, yeah. We can have a look at your assets that are on various data that we might actually obtain. Yeah. We can walk past a, a particular business and see that it seems to be doing really well. And yet they're returning no or next to no tax. Right, right. So that's a sort of an unexplained wealth situation, and we might
0: say, well, where is this income coming from? Yeah, yeah. I so see. we might have a deeper look at that as well. Okay. Just uh, there seems to be an opinion. I mean, again, I'm only going off the our members, which are predominantly tax practitioners and, and tax agents, and also who predominantly deal with uh, small businesses. Uh, an opinion that ATO audits perhaps need to be targeted so that there's a lesser chance of honest small cash business operator having an unnecessary increase in workload or the costs that are involved, if selected for an audit, are there procedures that the ATO has in place to ensure that complying businesses are not inconvenienced? Yeah, so we,
1: we use a lot of information now, a lot of third-party data, a lot of our own data, so tax returns, we use small business um, benchmarks, benchmarks as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And you know in the coming year, we want to work even closer with our partners like Tax Professionals to be a champion of small business and support, you know, them being successful. Yeah. So we know there's more that we can do to support small businesses, but we need small businesses to engage with us as well and and stay in the tax system. Oh, yeah. it, it. Again, the best thing a small business can do is lodge their tax returns, and as yeah. soon as they lodge their tax returns, then they're less of a concern to us around non-lodgement. So that avoids us having to make unnecessary contact to follow up on non-lodgement if they actually get their lodgements in on time. yeah, yes, that's, that's the first true. thing. Yeah. The second thing is, if they keep good records, then it makes any interaction with the tax office or interaction with their tax professional much easier for them. Right. Yeah. So there's a few things that small businesses can do so that if they actually are approached by the tax office, whether it be through one of these visits where we're walking into a hotspot, yeah. if they've got all their systems in place and they're confident everything's okay – it becomes a very easy conversation. It's We're in and out in probably 20 minutes. All we're doing is asking if they know what they're doing to comply with their obligations. Is right. there anything more help that we can provide them? Okay,
0: okay. That sounds like a sort of a labour-intensive method, though, the mobile strike teams. Is there a plan or is there a plan to increase the personnel that are... In those teams? So we've
1: got an increase uh, in resources for this year and for the next three years. So okay. we're going to undertake around about 10,000 visits per year. 10,000? 10, 10,000. Okay. But that also includes, so the resources, the staff that we've got to do that will also do the review and audit activity as well. Right. And the other thing that we do before when we do these visits is we run an information session before we actually go and visit the businesses. So we have tax professionals come along to those information sessions to hear what we've got to say, to understand why we are looking at particular areas, okay. to identify what other help and assistance is already available from the tax office but the small businesses don't know about. Okay. Like, like what sort of thing? So some of the things are like our small business newsroom, our online uh, education products. Um, and like last year, um, we were able to reach over 20,000 small businesses through our interactive webinars that we have online. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, we've got over 700,000 new businesses where we email and send online learning services to. And we've got 2.4 million subscribers to the Small Business Newsroom email service, yeah. um, which provides really regular information about what small businesses need to know about the tax system okay. or when to seek assistance from their tax professional.
0: That That's almost saturation. I think it was in there, like 2.2 2 million well, it depends on small, how you want to how, count them. How, how have you define them? Yeah, 2 million so, or ten million. so, so when you go
1: to partnerships, and then when you go to uh, individuals or sole traders, yeah. the number sort of becomes a little bit variable. Okay. Yeah. In terms of, often we say it's it's three million small businesses or whatever, but yeah. partnerships, trusts, yeah. Yeah. you know, sole traders
0: sort of changes that number somewhat. I was, I was going to actually ask about um, the current and proposed activity for industries more prone to the black economy and things like, you know, hairdressing and beauty services, food and drink industries, which we can I'd like you to talk about. But also, now that you mentioned structures, business structures, has the ADO found that certain structures are more prone to bend the rules, as it were, and to be a little bit uh, more at risk of, you know, hiding things or doing the wrong thing?
1: Yeah, so what we find is um, some small businesses get into particular structures that they just don't understand. Ah, okay. So they might set up a company. And they might set up a company for protection of uh, their investment, for protection from of their own personal assets. So you set up a company, or you might start setting up trusts for distribution of income. Yeah. Often in those situations, what we're seeing is the small business owner actually doesn't understand what they're setting up and actually doesn't understand what the tax implications are yeah, in those yeah. particular arrangements. So it's an area where... I think we need to do a little bit more work to try and explain to small business owners that when you're setting up these more complex arrangements, the way you do your tax is is, is a little bit more difficult and different. So right, yeah. don't just enter into a particular structure without understanding what it means for you as the business owner. I see, yeah. And. <clears throat> You really do need to get good advice and be referring to your professionals yeah, yeah. when you've got those arrangements. I
0: think that's where perhaps practitioners can step in to give advice at the outset. Look, you can set up like this, but there's implications. Or you can set up as a sole trader, there's other implications. I know that the, um, change, there was a recent change to the director penalty regime where directors were personally liable for SG payments that aren't made. Um, I think that's, in my view, a director penalty Regime is something that a lot of people just don't understand or appreciate. Perhaps, yeah, education is a big thing. But just getting back to the particular industries, food and drink and market stalls and home renovations, is that Absolutely. Sort of What's the um, activity on that front? Yeah, so what
1: we're finding is, um, you know, even across those industries, the population and structures of small businesses is very diverse. And the way right. they operate is continuing to evolve very rapidly. Mm-hmm. So not surprisingly, what we're seeing is things like claiming private expenses in the business. Mm. Yep. um it's an old it's an old problem it's still a current problem right. but as you see the small business population change these issues just become this you know a problem for these new businesses yeah, yeah. failing to properly attribute personal and business use what are you using for business what are you using for personal use again it's it's an old problem it's a common problem we still, we still see it occurring Particularly in these mobile businesses, hairdressing, beauty services, right, yeah. you know, you're running your business out of your out of your own personal home. Yep, um, they're not c- correctly separating their personal and business use. Um, they're not understanding, as a, as we were just describing, how the different complex business structures actually apply. So, are you setting up a sole trader? Are you operating a small business? Are you doing it through a trust? Um, And similarly, omitting income. So those businesses you called out probably are still accepting cash in some instances. We're seeing less of it. Um, We know that uh, uh, there's less uh, acceptance of cash in Mm. industries these days. Um, We know that consumers are wanting to tap and go. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we're seeing now you go and buy a coffee and the first thing they do is they hand you the machine. That's uh, right. I actually a, had, a cash, I
0: had a cash over the other day to, for the meal and the person looked a bit confused. <laughs> yeah, didn't know what to do <laughs> with to it. Handle this. Yeah, um, okay.
1: But some of those businesses you're talking about, so market stalls, uh, tradies, again, you know, we talk about tradies doing cash jobs. Yeah. Uh, and again, you look at the, those hairdressing and beauty services or mobile services or, or, or businesses operating out of the home um, are accepting cash now. You know, you can accept cash. Cash is legal tender. Yeah, yeah. Some people carry it. Strangely enough, not yes. many these days. <laughs> um, but all we ask is if you're receiving cash, um, record it, return it as, return it as income. Yeah. Because as we discussed earlier, when we look at your lifestyle model, when we look at um, your uh, small business benchmarks – we're going to find that you're living beyond your means, Yeah, and therefore, where's the cash
0: that you're hiding? That's, that's true. That's true. And you were mentioning the taxable payments uh, reports. What, what effect, I mean, what's the influence of that uh, system on what we're talking about?
1: Yeah, so the taxable payment reporting system is another way that we're tackling the black economy. Uh, it really strengthens our ability to match income tax returns from contractors right. yeah. against what the subcontractors are actually reporting and paying.
0: Because the business reports, are how much they paid these people? Paid, paid you to the go, subbies, yep. onto the other side of the, what the actual subbies are reporting. Absolutely, and, and there's a mismatch. the other, yeah. yeah.
1: so we, we've done some work with the head contractors, um, and we're in discussions with 50 head contractors, so the largest head contractors. Um, so they're the ones with the highest number of payees, and they're over 1,000, so that, these are big head contractors. Right, yeah. Um, and we're highlighting to them the risks of the integrity in their supply change, mm. chains with their subbies. Um, and what we're able to demonstrate to the head contractor is the number of their subbies that don't actually have an ABN, have an invalid ABN, or aren't up to date with their lodgements. Oh, yeah. yeah. And so what we're starting to see now in talking to those head contractors is they're making sure they've got up to date and valid ABNs. That they are now. Yep. 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 We've seen, we're seeing that response. And... We're also then looking further at those subbies where we might need to take some firmer action as well with them with them, okay, so follow up why are they not lodging when we've got a report over here that
0: oh, says yeah, yeah. this head contractor is contracting with them yeah, why are they not in the system? Yeah, yeah that that may also be another education push that down the track you could look at definitely better inform people on that other side of the equation. you you mentioned the ABN. Um, just then. Now, I know that in the most recent budget, there was a... Uh, was that in the most recent budget? The change to make um, people catch up on their lodgements or risk losing their ABN. Yeah, the, that, that's right. In so that?
1: in the 2019 budget, the government announced proposals to require uh, all ABN holders to annually check their details on the register. Right. But given we're in caretaker period that we're going into the election... I can't provide a lot more detail around yeah, that because it's a proposal in the budget. Yep. There's a whole lot of process to go through. But what I can say, though, is notwithstanding those proposals, it's still really important that the first thing that you hold an ABN, that you earn business income, that you're still required to lodge tax returns. So yes. your obligation doesn't change. All as the proposal says is that if you're not meeting your obligations, we're going to question why you're holding an ABN. Yes, yeah. yeah. So so that's really important. Um, we regularly check to see that businesses uh, that have no evidence that they're operating, that we'd question, we we're question, already questioning why are they holding an ABN and why on the ABN register. So the other important thing message I just wanted to share is how valuable it is to keep your data on the ABR, the Australian Business Register, right. if you're holding an ABN. It's really important to keep your data up to date, not for the tax system necessarily, but over 500 other government agencies... Yeah access the Australian Business Register yep. to get information to be able to target services and messages yep. from their perspective. Of
0: course. That's so right. it's
1: a really good uh, uh, contact list, if you like, mm. or a point of reference for these other agencies. So, for example, the Townsville City Council um, recently used our ABR data to help support the recovery planning after the floods in Townsville. Uh-huh, okay. Yep. So it's just a good example to explain, well, why would you want to keep your records up to date? Yeah, well. Yep. Because
0: 500 other government agencies are using it. That's, that's a good point. Okay, no, I didn't know that. No, I don't think a lot of people would. And part of that budget proposal was also to require an annual update of those details. Um, I can't see the whoever wins the election that that would change, but who knows? We, we, can't, we can't predict. It seems a pretty simple thing, doesn't it? Yeah, it yeah. Just seems a sensible thing to do. Peter, regarding the targeted audits that you mentioned previously, uh, what sort of things is the ATO going to be looking at? So in addition to our real focus on the Black
1: Economy Program, uh, and we spoke about increased audits, we spoke about mobile strike teams yeah. uh, and our increased support and working with tax professionals, we've also been undertaking what we call a random inquiry program. Now, the random inquiry program serves many purposes. One of them is to help us assess how much tax aren't we collecting. Okay. So it's an audit of a small business. Um, it's non-intrusive. Uh, but it gives us a real understanding of what small businesses are getting wrong and what can we do to improve that. But it also gives us an estimate of how much tax are we not collecting. Mm. So we've, we can actually put a value on it and monitor that over time. What we're seeing is that um, a large number of small businesses are making simple mistakes. Um, and this could be avoided if the businesses had better support And so our focus is to use the insights that we're getting to work with the accounting profession, industry, small businesses to really avoid those unnecessary errors. So I've got three tips to share with you today. One is for small businesses or or even for professionals to share with their small business clients. Um, Number one is keep good records. So it sounds simple, but we know that good record keeping is a recipe for success of businesses. uh, And it's not just to ensure compliance with tax and superannuation, But by keeping good records, they stay on top of their business. They can keep track of their business performance and they can make some business decisions because they've got a real good insight and understanding how their business is performing. Exactly, yeah. Um, We've also got uh, some information on our website under ato.gov.au forward slash SB record keeping. Yep, okay. The second one is keep an eye on your competition. So once a small business has got their records in shape, they can check... The ATO small business benchmarks to compare their performance with other businesses and, and and their competitors, and benchmarks just gives them a bit of an idea about where they sit, and they might start to question, well, um, you know, are there some some cost changes that or I might want to change within my business to be a little bit more successful, bit more A bit more competitive, or bit more competitive. So that's ato.gov.au forward slash business benchmarks. Right. Now, if we don't have your benchmark there because you're in a particular industry, then you can always look at um, ATO stats as well. So there's other information, ABS stats, yep. okay. um, that helps them find out true. what they're doing. The third, and probably probably the most important one really, is small business owners need to look after their mental health. Um, running a small business can be really stressful. Long yeah. hours, cash flow pressures, endless paperwork. Um, we see this when we go out and we talk to small businesses um, and we know it can take a toll not only on your business but on your family. So, we offer a range of services aimed at helping businesses stay on track. And we've also got some information on our website ato.gov.au/slash/small-business-mental-health.
0: So that's small biz mental health. Okay, that's very interesting. That's is it something? Is mental health an issue that the ATO, in its activities, has found um, can make a difference? Well, of course, it can make a difference to one's life, but. Uh, as far as reporting and taking care of tax things? The the most important thing is for any of the ATO staff that are interacting with
1: small businesses Mm. is to really understand the small business operator. Right. Put yourself in the shoes of the small business operator. So if they haven't lodged, it's not about us pursuing lodgment and not actually having a conversation and actually understanding what could we have done or what could you have done to get yourself back on track. Yeah. So that is so important to actually establishing that understanding a relationship up front, because we all get a better outcome. Exactly. If you go in there ignorant of the business circumstances, yeah, yeah. not actually engaging with the small business operator, they feel immediately defeated. Yeah, yeah. And that's not good for. And anybody. if you avoid
0: going down that black hole in the first place, well, that's uh, uh, absolutely. Be a and Not outcome. only do
1: we want to get you back
0: on track, mm. we want you to stay on track. Yeah. So what yeah. more can we do? Okay. Oh, that, that's good to know. The uh, ATO has already taken action to reduce the impact of the black economy. I think uh, since the 1st of July, 2018, there's been some changes. Can you run through what those changes were?
1: Yes, so um, there's a number of things that we've been doing across uh, to tackle the black economy. Um, There are things like the increased enforcement activity, as we mentioned. Uh, There were those legislative changes that we spoke about, taxable payment reporting system and the expansion of taxable payment reporting system. So we'll see that that's expanding to uh, couriers and cleaners, um, and then it's expanding to other industries next year as well. So that's really important. Okay. Um, the other thing, of course, uh, is the work we're doing with tax professionals. So where we find tax professionals aren't up to date with their lodgements, personal lodgements. Oh, but with their own lodgements. With their own lodgements. Okay. Um, we're pursuing them. Uh, we're also making sure that tax professionals are actually doing the right thing as a profession. And so where we find that uh, tax professionals aren't doing the right thing We'll conduct audits of them and their businesses yep. or their clients, um, and where we see that they're not maintaining the standard expected, the professional standards expected, we will make referrals to the Tax Practitioner Board, Yeah, yep. and we've been making more referrals to the Tax Practitioner Board in the last 12 months, yep, yep. Um, and there's been some um, fairly important actions considered by the Tax Practitioner Board okay. from our referrals, yep, yep. which can be, of course, disqualification, remove them from the system. Um, and that, again, is a- another important a- element of our response to ensuring the integrity of the tax and super system right, yeah. by dealing with all the players and influences in the system. Yeah, but, again, I, mean, I want to emphasise the importance we see in working with tax professionals to support small businesses get it right. Yeah, well, they, they speak to the people on the ground, as it were, so uh, Yeah, absolutely. Not? We're also increasing our education activities. So we've, we've got a trial out there at the moment around cash flow coaching um, we, we provide, when we do our information sessions for our uh, mobile strike teams, some an information session on cash flow for right. small businesses, um, but we're also now providing more information uh, on single-touch payroll. So single-touch payroll is the next major change right. that we, we would talk about for small businesses. We've already got it for large business, where you need to report your, um, pay, your um, payments, your Through single-touch payroll, as they happen, and that's now expanding to all small business operators, regardless of the number of employees. Yeah, yeah. Now, we've got low-cost options that are available there, so this isn't a large expense to actually invest in IT equipment. No, no. There are low-cost options that are being provided. I think even no-cost
0: options. And no-cost options, I think, are actually being explored.
1: Absolutely. And we've got a whole lot of really valuable material around single-touch payroll on our website. I really recommend it to tax professionals so they know what's available. Yep. And they can then refer that to their clients.
0: Exactly, yeah. And that, that will take care of a lot of things like uh, SG compliance, I mean, non-payments. I mean, that's all going to be ironed out, I believe, yeah. in the near future. Well,
1: absolutely. Once yep. you've got some visibility of um, salary payments yep. and wages, you've then got some visibility of superannuation guarantee payments. yeah. Yep. For decades now, because we haven't had visibility of Uh, salary and wages, it's then difficult to identify the levels of compliance for superannuation. Exactly, yeah. And therefore it's been very much responding to employees that say, my employer hasn't paid my super. Right, yep. (laughs) Whereas now with single touch payroll, we're going to have greater visibility and we can actually then work with with businesses to make sure that they are
0: paying their tax, right. paying their super. And before it was only funds were only required to make payments as a quarterly. That's right. I mean, the, the employee may think, oh, that's going in every fortnight. I'm I'm fine, but it actually hasn't. Well,
1: the employee sees it on their um, payments slip. Yeah, but doesn't know where the, mo- the money's gone into the account. No, no. We're also making that now visible through Single Touch Payroll. We're making that visible on the MyGov account. So when you've got a MyGov account, right. you can go in there, I actually went in there the other day, and you can actually see how much superannuation you've got yeah, in yeah. your accounts. And you can also use that to consolidate your super. So if oh, you've got it in multiple accounts, you can go on there and consolidate your super and yeah. hopefully reduce the overhead costs that you might be incurring by having multiple accounts. Oh, of
0: course. Yeah, yeah, of course. All right, Peter, so uh, there's a lot of information there. How, how can we pull that, that together for our listeners?
1: Okay, so probably just to simplify things, the black economy, hidden economy, underground economy, shadow economy uh, is what we're talking about, many different names. Uh, it's got a very broad definition. Today we've spoken quite a bit about what the tax office is doing to address black economy behaviours, uh, which ranges from increased enforcement, uh, education, better use of data and analytics, uh, and of course some policy changes. Right. We've been given funding um, over the next four years to really address the black economy, we we know that most people and businesses are honest and compete fairly and they expect us to deal with those that are not Mm. competing fairly and that are that are not honest we've established mobile strike teams and we're really committed to creating a level playing field for business Um, we shared today three top tips around keeping good records uh, the importance of keeping an eye on your competition and checking your benchmarks and looking after your mental health right we shared some common common issues that we've we've, we've seen in there around um, separating your business and personal expenses, keeping good records and and also uh, making sure you return all your income. Um, taxable Payment Reporting System is a really good way to give us visibility of contractors and, and those that should be in the system. Um, an ABN Annual Check is always recommended. Uh, And lastly, um, access our small business newsroom and our small business services, and there's
0: a lot of really valuable information on ATO online. Right. Excellent. Fantastic. Okay, Peter, very informative. Thanks very much for your time. My pleasure. Listeners, uh, please tune in again next time.